0: i do it it looks, well. It looks great, yeah. doesn't he, yeah. look, Every time we see you, you look younger and younger. What are you doing? Oh, I like that. <laughs> ending,
1: yeah, what's the secret up there in Michigan? What's going on?
0: Uh, you know, I I don't know really. A lot of people lately have said, "Are you are you getting younger?" And I'm like, I, you know, according to my birth date, you know, 1948. No, I haven't, but. <laughs> I think um, it's a combination of things. Some of it is, you know, my uh, diet, and some of it is the supplements I take, and some of it is the water. If you don't drink water, you're going to dry out like an old sponge. And that's probably, I'm going to say 75% of aging is getting dried out. You can't afford to do that Um, it's some of it is exercise I do I develop these little exercises that are very different my son says what are you doing (laughs) and it's just an exercise to generate electricity because that drives transactions the other thing is I don't have any agenda so um, people often have um, let me see if I can do it they're like this all the time mm-hmm. and that's the tension of an agenda for who knows what usually they don't even know why yeah. <laughs> and you can't you have to stay open uh, I'm, I'm gonna say because it uses less energy yeah. and so then you have more energy and but i think the exercises that i do are the secret so I started years ago with these little exercises um, with Edgar Casey. I read a thing in Edgar Casey,
2: yeah.
0: um, like one line in a book that thick. Yeah. <laughs> and the one line was um, every morning, you know, to have better eyesight, look up all, you know, put your eyes up as far as you can. Look right as far as you can mm-hmm. down, you know, put your eyes down. And then left and just keep going around, you know, a few times. I don't remember how many times he said, but I started doing that. And then it became exaggerated. (laughs) And what I discovered was that the twisting of the spine, when you're doing that, that and my, my legs are folded Indian style. So my hip girdle is going back and forth like this and my neck is going back that generates electricity interesting so a lot of electricity Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: it allows you to walk and bend and stoop and squat all the things you used to do when you were 10 years old and didn't even give a thought to it wow
1: well we hadn't intended to talk about physical exercise today but, but yeah. it's good this is fascinating because when you relate that to electricity i mean that's what it's all about isn't it i mean electricity, magnetism
0: yeah if you don't have enough power electricity of mm-hmm. power to yeah. drive right. your chemical transactions yeah. ain't nothing happening wow so Um, When you have all that electrical energy available, the other thing that people don't understand is that the body is a battery pack for the organs Mm -hmm. and that the big muscles are really the battery packs. The fascia is the wiring system and and the the organs, when you have a muscle that uh, doesn't hold a charge anymore, It's usually dried out or it doesn't get any exercise. There's no demand on it. And so that organ is what goes down.
1: Right. And you know how Angie Rose has many times said to me that places matter. Places are very important because there may be portals or there may be electricity or magnetism in particular places. So, I mean, we're here in the high desert of Arizona. And there was a... Like a storm the other night, um, a thunderstorm, and the ions in the air—like it was magnificent, beautiful feeling, fresh. Oh feeling. Do you do you think that that has is connected in some way to that feeling of being healthy and well?
0: Yeah, yeah. And when you're in the high country, often there are hilly, mountainous kind of peaks around. Not always, but um, those peaks channel energy which comes out and then you does this and so you're the benefactor of that so you get a little bit of that um and the in my on my property i have some photos of the energy coming out of the land coming right out of the earth Mm -hmm. um my kitchen the, the main kitchen in the back um is overhanging or is built over some spot that emits this huge blue light. It's really pretty amazing. Um, And then there's other, we have a vortex on the property. And then we also have, um, you know, some photos where it's like, what is that coming out of the ground? (laughs) And it's light. Is that where
1: those men in brown robes live today? Yeah,
0: I don't know where they live. (laughs) I haven't talked to them for many, many years, but um, it's really interesting because before yeah. we bought this place, um, we bought seven, six other places. Yeah, damn, I got a hair in my mouth. <laughs> and um, every single one of those deals, we had even put money down, um, got approved by the bank,
2: yeah.
0: uh, got right to the closing. We got uh, of those deals, all six of them. Um, one after another, even after we had been approved for the mortgage, got right to the closing um, and discovered something that's either we or the bank said that's a no go. You wow. know, one place was, um,
2: yeah.
0: um, it, had, it had just really screwy electricity. We did not know about the history of that. Another mm-hmm. place we didn't know when we bought it that the water had been condemned. So we found that out at the closing and said, mm-hmm. no, sorry.
1: Like you're being guided all the way, like you were.
0: Not only that, before we started trying to buy any of those, I had a dream that we were going to buy a house on the corner of 32nd Street. And I had a picture of the house and, you know, all the stuff, Van that you do, you know, the pictures, the feeling, the ceilings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, And son of a gun, we were over across the state. I had never even been over here. And um, guess where we are? We're on Hmm. this country road called 88th Avenue. It sounds really classy, but it's nothing but farm. And there's an unused, unbuilt road that is called 32nd Street.
1: Well, now, isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah, and we did not know that when we finally bought this place. Wow.
1: Yeah, so, Angie Rose often talks about the importance of feeling a place, you know, yeah. being, being tuned into it. And uh, in fact, that's what led... I
2: complain about my place. Well, that's what led us
1: <laughs> to Shaco Canyon, for example, because she kept yeah. saying, I have to go there because I have to feel it. I yeah. have to feel yep. it. And so you're obviously picking up the, the guidance, the intuition. Yeah.
0: I know, just stepping. what you mean, anne
2: Yeah.
1: You
0: can go there, but when you're physically there, something else happens. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right.
1: Now, that yeah. leads us beautifully, Penny, into something that we just found out yesterday. Oh.
2: Okay. And I
1: find it rather shocking. And it is that I used to live in Cairo, in Egypt, and I worked there oh. in, in and out of Egypt for six years, years ago. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing then, didn't know... I mean, I could see, I could look out my living room window and I could see the pyramids. But, you know, did, did it mean anything to me at any level? You know, I'm like, you know, I, I was a tourist as far as that was concerned. I had no idea. It was in the oil uh, Yes, I was in the oil business at the time. But wow. we just found out yesterday that the Egyptian government are building a wall, like a f- five meter wall, that's 15 feet of a wall around the Giza Plateau. Plateau. And it came as a huge shock to me. Now, the reason why I think they're connected with what you're saying in terms of feeling a place, right? Yeah. There's no doubt that there's energy there in Egypt because one thing I do remember very clearly was whenever I flew into Egypt, like miles high in the sky and you could be an hour or two out and you'd feel this sense of awe and and excitement and potential. Do you know what I'm saying? You could wow. feel as if you're entering into something that couldn't quite, I couldn't understand it at the time. I didn't know what it yeah. meant. I, you know, but, but my point is if they're walling that off, like I wonder what their deal is, why are they walling it off? What's the intention? And, uh, and that will prevent people from feeling it. I think wasn't there something else you mentioned that.
2: Yeah. Cause they're also building a digital museum. Yes. Which means you could view the pyramids digitally. So our thought is they're, are they intending to close that off to the public now? Yeah. For I some think reason? they
0: probably are. They are yeah. um, there are some things that have been discovered underneath the Sphinx and um, I have had this perception for a while that they are uh, how do I say itching? Yeah. Itching to get in there and not have to yeah. be dealing, working around the public or worrying about the public finding out what they're doing so that the wall, if it's not a see-through wall, not would be that, very effective. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like a big concrete wall. It's,
1: it's concrete up so high and then uh, maybe four meters of concrete and then the last bit is fencing. So like it's five meters in total wow. and it's, going, it's covering a wide perimeter like, so people won't be able to get into it from a long way around.
2: Wow! There'll
1: be one entrance in for the public, and uh, if they the public begin, yeah, I, I'm finding it very curious because there's no doubt in terms of the feeling from places and the energetic. I mean, the energetic alignment okay. of those pyramids in the first place, as you well know, I mean, is amazing, and they were set there for a particular reason. So, yeah. what would what would be the agenda in doing something like that? I can think?
0: think of at least a couple. You know, one thing would be to experiment scientifically without having anybody pick up on what they're doing. Another thing would be to excavate Um, the excavation would be um, I they probably have discovered some more of the tablets that they have already, you know, hauled out of there. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they took everything out, but they took some things out. Maybe they want to get the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, they also may have discovered. There's an old story. I don't know where I read this. It's been a while, but that the um, that the underneath the pyramid was a city that people went to during the last big um, nova uh, disruption. Yes. And flood. And, yeah. the, and maybe they're gonna try and fix that up so they got somewhere to run to in the right. next
1: one. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking about intuition, you know, <laughs> you're you're guiding us intuitively to ask these questions because another thing that we were inquiring about over the last little while is supernova. In fact,
2: micronova.
1: Micronova, yeah. We're yeah, we're micro. Very We're good. And <laughs> that's right. No, thank you for for uh, correcting me there. We're yeah. publishing a book for a man who's he's in his eighties and he's very very clued in as to what's going on.
2: Remember,
0: yeah. It? I started that reading was... his book. Right. He said, Alan Hart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now for a man that age, he's very clear-headed, you know, very mentally astute. There's no question about it. And very psychologically and and um, Yep. Gosh.
2: he just wrote another one that
0: he wants us to publish called The Train Has Left the Tracks oh, oh the
1: train is on the tracks
0: oh the train is on the
1: tracks <laughs> oh. I guess that
0: makes a big difference, <laughs> that make a, big difference.
2: But,
1: a little bit yeah but his, his point is that we haven't
2: read a second one no
1: but I, I mean in terms of what he has sent us so far like this, to summarize it he's talking about micronova affecting this planet much like it did millions of years ago and that it's imminent. And uh, I don't know what you're thinking. Well, is on that.
0: well we, we need to start our show then because that's part of our questions. We tonight. already
1: have started our show. Oh, we
2: have. We're
0: on. <laughs> 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 we, are we can start. Right
2: now. Plus, no, we're in it. <laughs> we
0: can start in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Penny. So like, we, we want to
2: know what's the difference between a supernova and a micronova?
0: Um, the big difference is that if it's a supernova, it blows a star apart and right. it just becomes dust and gases and etc. A micronova is kind of like a, a sneeze. Uh, the star has a discharge, but it's not enough to blow the star apart. The thing right. that I, I think is really important for people to understand is that <laughs> every star... Has a different schedule for its novas. Right. Um, most stars will micro nova on a regular schedule. Some do that every four years, every twelve years, every twenty-two or three years. Our star does that every twelve thousand years—a big micro nova. Mm. Um, but it has smaller versions mm. at the three thousand year six thousand um you know nine huh. and twelve
2: okay and so, so we're talking we're, about the sun
0: is that right we're talking about the sun that's our star yeah and it's an electric universe and the sun is an electrical body um it's uh, it's just an amazing it's an amazing body it's so intelligent as well mm. and so when it has a micronova the smaller ones um generate things big big disruptions okay but the major micro nova is is a big deal and mm. it's been twelve thousand years since the last one so right. do you guys know about the mud floods
1: yes we do we
2: don't really know yeah. what caused them though we yeah. heard no, of them
0: we don't yeah. and yeah. and i think that there are i'm gonna say even though we there's some evidence that says our star does something hmm. every 3000 years there's other evidence that says that there's something in between that like every 1500 yeah. years
1: right that would make so, sense because yeah. that would that would t- time time-wise that would connect with the those mud floods we've we've seen evidence of that all yeah. over europe especially i haven't seen much evidence of it here in the united states but certainly in the buildings with the the um, over basements and the high level of the roads in terms of the basement. San Francisco. Yes, yeah. Certain places you'll see it more than others. And it's it's fascinating. It certainly is intriguing to explore that because what we find ourselves doing is, it's very easy, we find it's very easy to get into like the conspiracy theory side of things. But to step back from that and look, cosmically at stuff look universally at things then it starts to make a, a whole big difference to how you look at things and interpret things that's what we find and um so maybe there is something to what alan is saying in terms of uh, a micro nova pending yeah right? if it's in that time well, the
0: next one is not 2047 give or take 50 years Give or take some people say give or take 100 years so um we're right there we Mm -hmm. are right there so what's the implications of that for us if we were to experience it in our lifetime typically it's an extinction level event but not quite (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay it's not very (laughs) encouraging
1: be be gentle with us now penny
0: yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) so the, the whole but do you know the process that occurs no. you want me to explain the process yes
1: yes please okay
0: so the sun has this massive discharge and when it blows it pushes um all kinds of debris in space between us and the sun okay at us and every other planet for that matter yeah um and so it takes eight minutes from that journey, for that journey from the sun to the planet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and what happens is the side of the planet that's facing the sun mm-hmm. gets pommeled by mm-hmm. a ton of space debris, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait a second. No, that's the second half of it. Back up, back up. So mm-hmm. the first part of the discharge is this massive energy wave okay. that, that comes through space. And it hits the atmosphere around our planet. And if you remember your ninth grade science, when you compress a gas, it heats up. Mm -hmm. When you um, decompress a gas, it cools down. So this wave creates a huge amount of compression on the side of the planet facing the sun. Mm -hmm. And that compression wave causes the temperature to spike to 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. Setting everything on fire on that side of the planet. Yeah. So it also has a tendency to um, like jar the planet just enough so that she quits Mm. moving, quits spinning. Mm. And that, but the oceans don't, they keep going. So the oceans kind of put out the fire if they. you know, so that, but it's a massive flood event um, uh, because the oceans come right out of their banks, right? And um, and they roll across whole continents mm. and cause all kinds of difficulty. So then, um, so there may be a you know a jerk in the planet enough for a stoppage um, that creates a huge wave, and and it's different every time. Mm. It's a little different every time. So then. 17 hours later, after the initial compression wave, all that debris comes at the planet and it's rotated to the other side of the planet. And that side is the one that gets just pummeled into smithereens by all kinds of space debris. So that causes, um, there's another factor here as well. When the planet... Um, gets hit by that first compression wave it blows the atmosphere away on one side of the planet so what do gases do they they even out they spread out into whatever space they have available so the the atmosphere from the other side of the planet comes rushing around to fill in what got blown away That creates not only 200 mile an hour winds, but it causes massive decompression and that chills the planet. So the chilling is down into the you don't want to know what the temperature is. (laughs) I I
1: said (laughs) to be nice to us now, be gentle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it's down. So that's how all those animals got frozen up in the.
1: Yes, makes sense, yeah.
0: There's whole islands composed of nothing but animal parts and tree bit parts and bushes and rocks and things like that, that all piled up for some reason in one spot yeah. um, up in the north. So, um, so let's now, let's go back to the initial compression wave. Let's say that that hits on the ocean. It doesn't hit land, okay? So what that does because of the heat, it immediately vaporizes like the top 400 feet or meters of the ocean. And all of that becomes water vapor. So now 400, 500 meters or feet, I'm not sure what it is, um, is up in the air and that's gonna come down. And it's coming down in a, on a planet that has cooled to an extraordinary degree and you get, I forget I think it's 400 feet of water or what meters whatever it is I should look in my book because it's all in there um that creates 19,000 feet of snow that snows all the way down to Missouri in the in the northern hemisphere
2: yeah
0: and um and and has lesser amounts of snow um further mm-hmm. south and it takes um, about thirty years for the dust around the planet to clear, for wow. the sun to shine again, and um, people have to be ready for that. And old, um, old time uh, civilizations have always brought that knowledge forward. Yes, and have said we need to be ready. To go underground, and so we have evidence of civilizations that went underground and stayed there for quite a long time, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's how we survived in case American
1: Indians have several stories. Yes, of emerging. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, and so do the um, you know the people from Mexico, yeah. um, the the fifth sun. Right. That's that's called this. Those are once once a sun has a nova, a micronova. Um, And it sort of gets blotted out by dust for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years. Um, That's called the period of making the new sun. And so I think we're on the sixth sun. Um, This next Nova will be the sixth sun. And there's quite a bit of meeting going on with people Mm -hmm. who pay attention to the,
2: um,
0: you know, that whole uh, cultural thing. And they're preparing. Yes, there are other people down in South America that are preparing underground buildings, um, and I, you know, I've said to people many, many times, yes, I have contact with people from other planets, and they, I usually will get a question that goes something like this: Well, where are they all? We don't see any evidence of yeah, them yeah. anywhere. Yeah, and the ones that are still associated with a planet do not live on the planet and when you ask them why they will say it's too dangerous you get yeah. wiped out regularly yeah and yeah. so those that are in big ships big ships yeah. i mean these are massive thousands mm-hmm. even ten thousands of people on board those big ships mm-hmm. motherships. ships um right they are they have mapped stars all over the cosmos they know what the schedules are right Uh, i think that's part of the reason they're paying attention to us very carefully because they know that that's due that my nova is due and they want to be of service hope you enjoyed that discussion with penny do leave your comments below and we will respond thank you very much
1: You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on our website at worldofempowerment.com. Don't miss an episode. Hit the subscribe button now.